From the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair Emerging Leaders Series, and today we're going to meet Brian Donovan. Brian, thanks very much for taking the time out of your workday to join us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So, Brian, what area are you currently working at? I currently work at Mount Snow Resort in Vermont in the Eastern Division. Now, where did you get your start? I actually got my start in uh, Western New York, a small resort called Peak and Peak Resort, uh, a little southeast of Buffalo, New York. And what was it about ski instructing that kind of grabbed you? What got you into the field in the first place? Um, well, I mean, at first, uh, to be honest, it was just the idea of being able to snowboard every single day. And uh, kind of as I grew up, the snowboard instructors in the areas where I was riding were always just seemed to be uh, so like unbelievably good and always having a good time. And just the, they were always hanging out together. It was a camaraderie piece. So everything about it just kind of screamed, uh, why am I not doing this with my time during winter? And Brian, what is it about instruction that really grabs you? What do you like most about it? I, it's the, the little aha moments that you get to share with people and you get to like watch them go through. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of joke that, uh, we're teaching people, you know, how to slide on snow, but, um, to some people, we're, we're like a magician. We we take them into the world of the unknown. They have no comprehension of how to do something or, or how to conquer a trail or how to conquer a, a section of woods or trees or whatever it ends up being. And through just kind of ways that we can break stuff down, um, they have those moments where they just um, are little kids on Christmas and they get excited and they have uh, um, that magical feeling. And, and as an instructor, when we get to be the person that breaks down and gets them there, that is, that's the magic. That's like, if that doesn't get you stoked, I don't know what does. And was it your first season of teaching when you thought, I love this, I really want to keep doing it? Or was it something you went into where you were thinking, eh, I'll do it for a season or two? Yeah, when I started, I, I mean, it was, uh, I'm going to do this for a winter or two or, you know, however long and see what comes out of it. And then actually after getting kind of boots on the ground and, and starting to do it and, and experience it, then I was like, wow, um, this is pretty cool. And, and this might not be just a, a, a short flight. So how did you end up being able to juggle your schedule where you're able to teach as well as uh, work your other job? Uh, well, when I jumped into it, I jumped both feet in and I, I just started teaching snowboarding full time. And, uh, so it was, it was the thing that I was doing. I was working at a small resort that was open day and night. Um, so I was able to be teaching, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. And then anytime I wasn't teaching, just be on a snowboard and spending time, uh, enjoying that. And then how much did training play a part in your early formative years of, of teaching? Um, to be honest, at, at the very beginning, um, it wasn't uh, even a thing that really was uh, existent at the resort I was working at. There was uh, all the staff would get together and ride, um, but it wasn't ever anything formal. It, ever, it wasn't ever anything towards um, developing uh, teaching skills or anything along that line. It's actually after I got involved with ASI um, that I started to kind of develop passion for personal growth. And then as I started to go through certification, I saw the opportunity to help other people uh, get better and prepare for those things and just kind of work on things. And we started to kind of organically 
create um, actual training at my mountain. And, uh, and so it went from being almost non-existent or just kind of going out riding together as a group with a, with no focus whatsoever to a little bit more focus with, uh, information kind of backdoored in at first until, you know, people started to get hungry about it. Now, as you started your certification process, did you feel like I want to get my level one and that was your goal or were you already looking ahead to, uh, becoming more involved? Um, I kind of looked at it as just the natural, uh, progression or the natural, um, order of operations. You know, I, I, I kind of fell in love with teaching people how to ride and I was doing it full time and I was, you know, pretty certain I wanted to come back and at least do it for another season full time. And I, I felt this was a, you know, professional development piece that, you know, I should get my level one. Um, and I, when I went to my level one and I got, I was successful there, then I, I started to think, okay, what can I do to continually progress and keep working down this road? And, and, uh, the natural buildup was looking at what are some courses that'll work towards a level two and an eventual level two certification. Um, but it really took off for me. Um, when I eventually took my level two, uh, to be honest, the first time I took my level two, I, I, I wasn't successful. I, I came from a mountain where I was teaching mostly beginners. I wasn't teaching a whole lot of uh, high end lessons or even intermediate lessons. And, and I, I passed the writing and I passed the technical knowledge side, but um, the teaching, I didn't have quite the diversified um, lesson plans for some intermediate lessons. So I took that as, okay, I need to go back and I need to develop those. And uh, when I went back from my level two the second time, I was fully prepared and I, I did, I crushed it. I did really well. And one of the examiners at my level two exam pulled me aside and he kind of just said, hey, you crushed the written exam. Um, you were the highest scoring person on snow. And he looked at me and said, you could do what I do someday. And it was, um, I, I credit him as, uh, Ted Fleischer is his name, and I credit him with, it was that moment where I was like, wow, I can, I can do this as a career. I can do this as something that's, that's going to take me somewhere and, and, and have some potential. And, and it was just that moment of, uh, you know, he probably doesn't even remember that conversation, but that conversation is burnt into my brain as, as kind of a pivotal moment. Isn't that amazing? Because now you're in a position where you can have that conversation with someone else that was or that's in the position you were in at that time. Well, absolutely. And I, and I, I look at that exact scenario and, uh, and when I see really talented folks, whether I'm working at an event or an exam and, and I actually seek out uh, folks who I can connect with and I can kind of hopefully instill maybe uh, that passion, that fire to, to believe in themselves. And that is totally rooted in that interaction I had with Ted all those years ago, where that was such a magical moment for me. And I, I hope to make sure I can help people believe in themselves as much as he helped me believe in me. Now, when did you find out that you had been nominated or named one of the emerging leaders of AASI? Um, I believe it was uh, just early this past winter. Um, I got you know a notice and it said, uh, uh, can you please just kind of fill out some questions? We're just trying to get to know some of our, our members. And I don't think it was quite steered in any direction about... Um, being recognized is more just, um, you know, who are you and, and who is Brian Donovan as a, an instructor and a coach and, and a, you know, person in the industry. Um, and then as that progressed and I went back and forth with answering some questions, then uh, it kind of was, uh, you know, exposed to me that it might be a, a little bit more about an article about some people in the industry who, um, who just have exciting stories to share. Now, where do you feel that you're emerging as a leader? It sounds like you've been a leader for quite a while. Um, well, I, so I just look for little 
bits and pieces of the industry where I think I can make an impact. And I think right now where I'm emerging is in the East, um, I'm, I'm kind of the advisor. I oversee uh, the education staff for snowboard in the East, and I, and I kind of help shape uh, what we need to be doing to focus to, you know, set our members up for success with certification education and, and kind of see where we as a staff can grow. And, and I really see myself uh, emerging kind of in that capacity to make sure that we're um, looking at where we've come from as snowboarders, um, look at the successes that the ski side has had and all the different disciplines it had and kind of uh, find the best practices to how we can uh, kind of continue to, to crush it um, from the snowboard education side. Um, and I also, I, I find myself I, at Mount Snow. Uh, I oversee ski and ride at the mountain. And, uh, and my entire career has been uh, constantly finding ways to validate that um, young snowboarders belong in the industry and, and have some really cool things to share. And I've been exposed to a couple of really amazing ski and ride schools where, uh, you know, I've been accepted and embraced and, and, and people look at it and it's, we all have a passion for sliding. And then they're, they're open to hearing what I have that we can do to really, you know, make ourselves better. And then really at the end of the day, what it's all about, deliver better products to the guests that come and want to slide with us. I love what you said earlier about set our members up for success. What are some things we can do to help our members succeed? Well, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. That's our goal is to set them up for success. And, and I think the things we can do is um, not expect that they are uh, historians or even like uh, high-level students of where we've come from and all the mistakes we've made along the way. And instead, uh, you know, through courses that we run and through clinics that we are with, you know, members on snow, um, help them understand how we've come to where we're at and why we teach the way we do and why we look at how the, the body and the snowboard or the skis, how they interact and kind of um, help them understand it without having to make all the mistakes that we've made leading up to this point so that we can make them uh, able to just go out on snow and, and be problem solvers. You know, uh, it's when I hire ski and snowboard instructors, that's what I tell them their job is you're a problem solver. You get to go out and you get to spend some time with somebody and whatever they are struggling to do, you're going to come up with ways to help them do it better or more efficiently or, or with more fun or with a bigger smile. You're just a problem solver. And so it, to set them up with this, I think, how can I give them the tools that took me years and years and years to figure out? And how can I make it in an easy format for them to understand and, and talk it and go make it their own? What qualities do you find most important in someone that you hire? Um, I want somebody that can uh, look you in the eye, make you feel like um, you're comfortable talking to them and, and having a conversation that has nothing to do with sliding on snow and that you'll trust to, to go out and do something that you may be a little bit nervous about. I kind of use the, the generic term. If you, you know, if you, I say to my trainers, if you have your own kids, would you feel comfortable giving them to this new person um, and just having them entertain them and have them spend some time and get to know them and, and interact with them because I can, uh, we can teach people how to ski and ride better. That's our job. So as a new hire in the industry, I want somebody who um, you can just feel comfortable being around, has a personality, looks you in the eye, smiles. Uh, you just are excited to get to know their backstory because um, we're going to be spending a ton of time together. And I, you know, those are the intangible qualities that, that I think make for truly beautiful new instructors. 
Brian, it's been amazing visiting with you. Thanks so much for taking the time. In conclusion, I'd really like for you to leave us with just one tip that you feel could make us all better teachers, whether skiing or snowboarding, something we can do to improve next season. My one tip would be uh, get out and move. The, you know, skiing and snowboarding are, are verbs. They're meant to be uh, experienced. Um, we, the, when the lifts are not spinning, there's plenty of time to, to think about them and break them down. But when you have the opportunity, get out and do them. Go slide. Um, get as many laps in as you can uh, and, and experience it because as you experience it, you're going to have an understanding and you're going to develop a, uh, a knowledge and you're going to understand how you move and how it makes your board or your skis react and how they interact with snow. Get out and experience sliding um, and it'll allow you to start to understand it and, and have this uh, knowledge base that will we'll naturally develop. Get out there is my, my tip for next season. Brian Donovan, thanks very much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Emerging leader Brian Donovan on first chair from the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.